Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The only podcast where I watch a classic sci-fi show from the 60s produced by the BBC and tell you all about it. You know, I took a year of Latin in college, and I can't even remember how to count down from five. So when we start our episodes and we count, or I count down from five so that we can sync our audio, I couldn't even remember how to do that. Um, you know, I'm dang. honestly not sure if I even learned numbers when I took Latin in college. I must have. Yeah, that's they how must I feel teach too. that. I'm like, yeah. Huh, yeah, I don't know. I do know <laughs> that if you have five kids, you name your fifth kid... Uh, what is it, like, uh, Quintus? Yeah, name your seventh kid Septimus. Why yes, not? I was yeah. Septimus is a cool name. And then, of course, you've got Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you're wondering why one of your kids is a truck. <laughs> In any case, I did want to say to our listeners, to any of our listeners who happen to participate in the Western system of calendars, I wanted to wish you a Happy New Year's, because despite the fact that we are recording this in September, it is being released on New Year's Day 2022. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have a pretty significant backlog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, happy new year, everyone. Indeed. Hopefully, God, do I even want to say like, hopefully things are going well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember way back when we were first recording the podcast before we even launched, we talked about like, we're recording in the present for people listening in the future. And are we recording in the past for people listening in the present? And all that sort of fun, timey-wimey stuff. And yep. yeah, I feel like we're our, kind of there again with our recording backlog. Our episodes are also time travelers, <laughs> just, like, just like our heroes. Indeed. So I also wanted to give us a content warning. Uh, in addition to the ongoing depiction of of slavery that we have throughout the serial. This episode also includes sexual harassment. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, I appreciate the content warning and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I feel like many of these doctor who episodes are problematic faves, although I suppose some of them are just problematic. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, in, um, in our previous episode, we talked about it being a comedy, and yeah, yeah I think <laughs> uh, sexual boy. harassment being present in comedies from the 60s is probably pretty common, and that's pretty shitty. Yep. Yes. I, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I, I, I'm already <laughs> thinking about, I guess, I guess now, after we did our, our first season wrap up, now every serial that we do, I'm going to be thinking about um, how am I going to grade this serial when we get to our wrap up episode. And for this one, I've I've already been like, well, it's 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 a pretty problematic fave. Um, but well, maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure this one's not going to be S tier. We can we can just start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's probably going to end up being the case. Alrighty, well, uh, um, shall we get into it? I believe we shall. Ooh, that was a good, that was a good verb. <laughs> gonna, All right. Gonna be the Clip. emperor one day. <laughs> now I have to leave it in. <laughs> uh, uh, you were too funny, Kyle. I couldn't, I couldn't just cut it gracefully. Now I have to leave it in. I probably have to leave it in this part, too. Uh, All right, let's get to the quick thing with it. Dingler is that um, Ian 
and and Delius, I think his name was. Man, I almost said Delio. Delos. <laughs> Delos. <laughs> Ian and Delos um, are about to multi-class because they're about to be forced to pick up a class in Gladiator. Indeed. I did appreciate seeing all of the the lion stock footage, though. That's fun. Yes, the stock footage is always always fun. I so not having actually seen it, <laughs> we we get to see the stock footage again. You know, they often will show us the cliff dangler from the previous episode, and mm-hmm. so we see the stock footage. And after all the lion stock footage, we get a brief scene of Emperor Nero, who is walking down the hall with some of his attendants. He is carrying his lyre, and he's playing music as he walks, although we, the viewers, don't get to hear it. We, we do not hear, you know, any of the sound intrinsic in the scene. We are just hearing, like, the episode soundtrack, which is an oboe. It is very definitely not a lyre. <laughs> Uh, well, that was a choice. <laughs> One of Nero's attendants seems to be like transcribing the music that Nero's playing. He was like writing down the sheet music, like as Nero plays it. Wow! And that's cool. Yeah, Nero happens to, I'm assuming, happens to notice like an error in the transcription because he grabs the quill out of the guy's hand. And like angrily writes something down on the on you know the paper that the guy is using, and then he like hits his lyre over the guy's head and storms off down the hallway. The guy was writing like with great forcefulness, and Nero's like no, and crosses it off and writes with great awesomeness. <laughs> so Vicky and the doctor are also walking down a hallway. They are somewhere else in the palace. And Tavius is in this hallway also. He gets their attention, and he tells the doctor, who, of course, Tavius thinks is the musician, he tells the doctor that he managed to get rid of the body, but he thinks that the doctor should delay his action. Hmm. Interesting. So is that body the the body of the centurion that we saw last time? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he uh, meant. Plots within plots, or counterplots. Uh huh. Or just plots. The doctor, of course, has no idea what Tavius is talking about with regards to delaying his action, but. You know, he wants to try to find out without letting on that he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So he asks Tavius what part of his plan Tavius thinks he should put into action first. And Tavius is just like, I leave that to you. (laughs) It was a a good try. Uh Yeah, the doctor's like, "Uh, you do actually know what the plan is, right? And... Tavius is like, yep, basically, but not the specific details. And then he rushes off. Ah, and well, the doctor's like, that's still more than I know. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor turns to Vicky. Some sort of conspiracy going on, my child. And I've decided for my own sake, I must get to the bottom of it. And the more I, the sooner I do it, the better. Because I seem to be mixed up in it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Vicky wants to go exploring. And Doctor tells her that that's fine, but she shouldn't leave the palace. And remember, we're only here as observers. We must not interfere with the course of progress. Or try to accelerate man's achievements or progress. Mm. You know, the whole don't mess with history prime directive, temporal prime directive. The temporal prime directive, right, right, right. Vicky doesn't believe in the temporal prime directive. She thinks it's wasteful. But she agrees to it anyway and heads off to explore the palace while the doctor decides that it is time to go visit Nero. We cut to Nero's chambers 
where he's discussing the musician with his wife, Papea. He wants to make sure Maximus Petulian receives the same rapt attention as he does when he plays. Well, nearly the same rapt attention as when I play. <laughs> uh, this guy's uh, going to be a hard one to please, I think. Uh-huh. Papea suggests having a banquet this coming evening in Maximus Petulian's honor and having him provide the entertainment at the banquet. And Nero's like, oh yeah, I, I totally had that idea myself a moment ago. Oh, mm. uh, comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> comedy right there. Can't go wrong with having a male in a position of power stealing ideas from a woman to, mm -hmm. yeah, classic comedy. So about this point, Tavius comes into the room with Barbara and he presents her to Papea as a new attendant for Papea's staff. Nero goes straight into gross leering. He's like, you know, looking Barbara up and down and until Papea is like, dude, go talk to the fucking musician like you were going to. Mm -hmm. And so he leaves. Papea tells Barbara that Nero seemed pretty into her. And Barbara's like, Oh, did he, madam? Barbara's like, so what's his type? So I know not to do that. Uh-huh, basically. Papea tells Barbara that she happens to like being empress. And she intends to remain in that position. And Barbara's just like, oh, yeah, totally, for sure. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm. So Pape is like, all right, cool. Go clean up those wine glasses and shit over there. And she leaves the room. So Barbara starts cleaning up the wine glasses and shit. As Barbara is carrying a tray of wine glasses down the hall... Nero starts chasing after her. So she sets the tray down and runs away from him as he continues to chase her down various halls. It's and, uh, So is this is this being played for comedy here? Yeah, this is 100% being played uh, for comedy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, gross. There's one point where Barbara is well ahead of Nero down the hall and Vicky enters the hallway right in front of Nero. And, you know, he kind of like stops running to avoid crashing into her. And he kind of like backs up and like stumbles over a pillar while Vicky tries not to laugh at him. But mm. of course with, you know, like the, the positions in the space spacing and whatnot, Vicky does not see Barbara in this sequence. Mm -hmm. Barbara runs around the corner, but she doesn't fully get away. Nero continues chasing her until a similar thing happens with the doctor, as had just happened with Vicky, where the doctor enters the chase hallway in such a way as to not see Barbara, but to allow her to get away for a moment. And the doctor tells Nero that he wants to speak with him. And Nero says that he does too, but it can wait. And Nero continues the chase. Yeah, I feel like this uh, almost Scooby-Doo-like chase sequence would have been a lot funnier if Nero's intention here wasn't clearly sexual assault. Yeah, and you know, there are definitely any number of ways that we could have had a non-sexual assault chase scene that would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Vicky has stumbled into the workroom of what seems to be the palace herbalist who is grinding some stuff up with a mortar and pestle. And as Vicky starts talking to her, she learns that 
this herbalist woman is actually the official poisoner of the court of Nero. Oh, how convenient that you <laughs> should accidentally stumble upon them. Uh-huh. Vicky wonders who's going to get the poison that she's working on now, and the poisoner's like, uh, IDK, no one's ordered it yet. <laughs> I'd just like to have some on stock. Yeah, she's just like filling in her back stock. Who's running low on one of them, so... Vicky wonders if being the official poisoner is a dangerous job, and the poisoner's like, Great Jupiter, no, I never drink any of my potions. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that wasn't what Vicky was thinking. Vicky was wondering if people want to take revenge on the poisoner after someone dies by her poison, but she's like, Oh, no, no. I mean, it's nothing to do with me personally, is it? It's an accepted thing, isn't it? Almost a tradition, in fact, that the family of Caesar want to murder each other. After all, everybody would like to be Caesar of Rome, wouldn't they? I'm just providing a service. Uh-huh. Poisoner as a service. Yeah, see, I feel like this is the, the kind of joking that I could get behind. Yeah, the, totally. The, the poisoner as a position, as just a regular profession that someone's doing, um... Yeah, let's, let's, let's have more of those jokes. So we cut back to Barbara, who is back at work, like folding towels or something, thinking that she has ditched Emperor Nero successfully. But he sneaks up from her, on her from behind and kind of grabs her arms and surprises her and asks her for a kiss. She wonders what his wife would think, but he says that she wouldn't know about it. Barbara basically, you know, tries getting away from him. They do that thing where they're on opposite sides of the table and she tries to go one way, but he goes the same way. And then they each go the other way, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, And, you know, she's kind of like screaming as she tries to get away. And at one point, the doctor arrives, but Nero is at the door to the room as the doctor opens it. And he tells the doctor to fuck off. And the doctor, who does not see that it's Barbara, just kind of like chuckles to himself and allows Nero to shut the door in his face. You know, this is, of course, the whole kind of old boys network of, you know, when you see something shitty going on, you look the other way, which is a shitty thing to do. What did the doctor see in this case? I think all he actually saw was just Nero, but, you know, it was clear from the chase scene earlier that there was a chase going on and that it was Nero chasing a woman. And we can definitely hear Barbara. Well, doctor, I'm possibly more disappointed in you here than at any other point uh, in doctor who so far. Yeah. He lost a lot of stock in this scene. Yeah. Papea shows up at this point outside of the room, uh, you know, where the doctor is. And the doctor tells her that he wanted to see Nero, but Nero seems pretty busy now, so maybe he'll try later. Meanwhile, we do continue to hear Barbara screaming through the door as she continues to try to get away from Nero. Jeez. The doctor leaves, and Papea enters the room, And of course, now that his wife is here, Nero stops chasing Barbara and pretends to have not even noticed that she was in the room until just now. Well, thank goodness Papaya came in when she did. Yeah. Barbara is able to leave the room, finally gets away from Nero, and Nero tells Papaya that Barbara was chasing him. Hmm. At this point, it's now 
about 10 minutes into the Doctor Who episode, and you may have noticed that we have not resolved the cliff dangler. Well, uh, uh, maybe this won't take a little longer to resolve. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, th- I think a, it might be a Doctor Who record at this point for longest we've gone without resolving the cliff dangler. I guess that depends on like how far we de- we actually go down the road of them becoming gladiators and them having to fight, um, well, lions, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and I guess it depends on like what you what you want to consider to be the cliff dingler. If it's that they're going to be trained as gladiators or specifically that they're going to fight lions. Yeah, that's a good question. There's also the possibility that things just completely go in a different direction and they end up like escaping even before they become gladiators or something. Yeah, it could be. They're going to want to wrap up this serial eventually. <laughs> so we do cut back to Ian in his cell with Delos at this point in the episode, uh, our Delian cell. Yes. Which is next to the cell with the old Gaulish woman who used to be Barbara's cellmate. Uh huh. And the old woman happens to overhear Delos using Ian's name. And she's like, oh shit, you're Ian? Were you going to meet someone named Barbara here? Uh huh. I remember she was commenting on how unusual the name Ian is. Right. Ian, of course asks her where Barbara is, but the old woman doesn't know. She were here with me, but they took her away to the auction. They never come back. I suppose she were sold. Mm. Yep. And with that, we cut away to Nero and the Doctor, who are napping in the sauna together. So I'm not sure if this counts as resolving the cliff dangler, because at this point... They have not been trained as gladiators or been fed to stock footage lions yet, so it's all still on the table. Uh, the stock footage lions remain stock footage hungry. <laughs> Hi, I hope you're enjoying the episode. If you like our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to ask us a question, share your thoughts, or make fun of us, you can email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet us at drwatcher. Thanks for listening, and now back to the episode. So Nero and the doctor are napping in the sauna together. I started to wonder if this is Niroctor or Dokro. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> oh jeez! I just yeah. Well, I guess that they're they're both pretty pretty gross right now. Pretty low in our, our estimates. Uh, yeah. Estimation. So yeah. An attendant enters the room and pours water on Nero's legs for some reason. I was not clear why that happened, but of course this wakes Nero up and he wakes up pissed off and he starts shouting and waving a sword at the attendant who rushes off. And of course this wakes the doctor up and the two of them start chatting. Uh, I should mention that being in the sauna, they're both basically just in towels but they're like big towels, like chest to knee. <laughs> well, I guess that when you're used to wearing a toga, <laughs> wearing a towel is, is not too far off. Uh-huh. The doctor reminds Nero that he said that they could maybe chat in here. And Nero's like, Oh, of course I did, yes, indeed, yes. <laughs> uh, hmm? Did I say what about... And the doctor's like, nope, but I wanted to talk to you about something. (laughs) Of course. On my arrival, I was rather under the impression that there was some sort of intrigue going on here. hmm? But Nero has not heard of any intrigue, and he says that he always knows about all the intrigues. (laughs) Uh, 
I guess when you're the player and you're trying to find out what's going on, um, but you're not quite sure where to look, you can just start asking the NPCs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nero wonders who gave the doctor this idea since, you know, Nero doesn't know about any intrigues, but the doctor says that it was just a feeling he had. After all, I mean, a position with your skill, but surely you've experienced troubled vibrations. Hmm? <laughs> uh. Nero ends up remembering that the thing he wanted to talk to the doctor about was that he wanted to tell the doctor about the banquet that's happening this evening and that the doctor is invited to it. Mm -hmm. The doctor is charmed and delighted by the invitation. Nero adds, It'll be a splendid audience for your first concert. <laughs> and he walks off. And the doctor's like, Yes, yes, I rather thought it might be. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Does he seem uh, a little bummed there? A little bit, yeah. I think he was looking forward to, to going to a fun banquet. <laughs> Back in the poisoner's workroom, Vicky is hiding under the table while Papea commissions the poisoner to serve some drinks to Nero and the new enslaved person who has joined Papea's staff. Mm. And she is to have the special one. Hmm. Yeah, she was saying like she intends to be, she intends to remain empress. Mm hmm. I guess she sees Barbara as a threat. So yeah, she takes the poisoner over to like point Barbara out to her. Barbara is helping to set up for the banquet. She's carrying platters of food out to the table, including a big pig's head on a platter, apple <laughs> in its mouth and everything. Gotta, gotta have one of those. It's not a banquet without a pig's head with an apple in its mouth. Uh-huh. So yeah, Papea points Barbara out to the poisoner, and then leaves. The poisoner watches Barbara for a moment, and then she goes and has a quiet chat with Nero's personal assistant. Hmm. Well, yeah, we were promised conspiracies. <laughs> or at least one conspiracy. This might just be one big conspiracy. Yeah, it could be. Nero is chatting with the doctor about the upcoming feast. And he tells him that he'll have to play like he's never played before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll give him that one. That was uh -huh. pretty good. <laughs> the doctor's got a sense of humor. He's like, too true. <laughs> too true. So I oh. shall. Yes. Nero goes off to oversee some of the banquet arrangements and Vicky shows up to chat with the doctor she says that the palace is marvelous and that she heard that there's going to be a big feast tonight. The doctor's like, Oh, so I heard, my dear. Yes, so I heard. And there's going to be rather an unusual entertainer. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a shocked look on her face. I feel like she, she might have guessed that one, actually. <laughs> In the banquet room, while the preparations are happening, Nero comes and finds Barbara again. There you are. Now, close your eyes and Nero will give you a big surprise. Dislike. Yeah, she's like, uh, that's okay, maybe not. So he's like, yeah. Close your eyes. Caesar orders it. Thumbs down to that, Caesar. Uh, yeah. So she closes her eyes, having received an order from the emperor, and he puts a gold bracelet onto her arm. She looks at it, and he's like, Well, aren't you going to thank me for the present? And he puckers his lips in preparation to receive a kiss. But just then, Nero's personal assistant arrives carrying a tray with the two wine goblets from the poisoner. Uh-huh. And Barbara's like, thank fuck, and grabs the nearest goblet and just drains it. But was she paying attention to which one? Uh, it was the one nearest to her on the tray as presented by Nero's personal assistant. <laughs> well, 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, maybe we can hope that her experience with the um, pesticide back in the, uh, you know, what was that, two serials ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe that's given her immunity to whatever it was that the poisoner used this time. <laughs> we I can we'll find out. We can hope. Yeah. We cut over to Vicky and the doctor, who are still chatting about what Vicky's been up to on her palace explorations. And she's like, "Oh, I forgot to mention, I think I poisoned Nero." Uh huh. <laughs> And Doctor's like, oh shit, what did you say? And she tells him that Papea was going to murder an enslaved person, and Vicky didn't see why that should happen, so she swapped the cops. <laughs> nice. Doctor's like, oh shit, you're gonna break history. And he rushes off, taking her with him. Well, I mean, sometimes history is kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be okay to break it once in a while. <laughs> Nero is still trying to chat Barbara up. He has not had his drink yet. And Barbara sees Papea glaring at her from across the room. So she rushes off just in time to miss Vicky and the doctor rushing into the room with the doctor shouting at Nero not to drink. I have every reason to believe that drink is poison. Oh, yes, thank heavens I got you in time. Yeah, thank heavens. <laughs> so, of course, Nero does not drink, and the doctor excuses himself to go practice for his concert this evening. Just as Barbara walks back into the room. <laughs> or not. No, not but quite this time. I suspect all this, like, just barely missing each other is one of these comic gold moments that we're being treated to. Uh-huh. Nero calls his personal assistant over and gives him the goblet and makes him take a sip. And in true TV poison fashion, after a single sip of wine... The assistant, Tigellinus, gets a funny look on his face and keels over. <laughs> Nero's just like, he was right. If it were me, I would have I just like uh, keeled over either way. <laughs> take the tiniest sip possible, keel over, and hope that uh, that wasn't enough to actually kill me, and then I can... Pretend to have a miraculous recovery from whatever poison may or may not have actually been in there. And, you know, in the meantime, maybe you'll get a few sick days out of it. Yes. (laughs) We get another very brief Delian scene where Ian is pacing back and forth in the cell, trying to figure out what he's going to do. And Delos is telling him to worry about himself or else he's going to get thumbs downed in the arena. Yeah. Barbara is looking at a map, presumably trying to see how far away she is from the village near the TARDIS. And she sighs. Papea. Poor Barbara. Yeah. Oh, hi, Matilda. Matilda also is sympathetic to Barbara. (laughs) Papea has the poisoner arrested for her failure to poison Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the banquet. The doctor is making jokes to Vicky about how much Nero eats. And Vicky is wondering how the doctor's going to get out of his recital. Uh-huh. Which the doctor says that he isn't going to get out of it. Yeah, I guess if, uh, if we've already picked up on the fact that Nero's happiest when people don't play as well as him, the doctor's like, well, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> uh-huh. Vicky's like... You can't play the liar, doctor. And he's just like... Can't I, child? <laughs> oh, can't I? Okay. 
Nero, a few tables away, is scanning the crowd. Popeye sees this and she's like, she's not here, you fucking horn dog. I'm keeping her busy tonight. Mm. And Nero's like, oh, no, no, no. I was just checking to see if people are done eating. Silence! There will now be a further feast of music. I give you the great Corinthian lyre player, Maximus Pitalian. So the doctor stands up and announces that he is going to play his new composition, which is... So soft, so delicate, that only those with keen perceptive hearing will be able to distinguish this melodious charm of music. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, the emperor is about to get a, a new composition. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts pretending to play, and the crowd all plays along. They all put that look on their face that people get when they listen to fancy classical music and want to seem contemplative. Yes, we we all know that look. (laughs) After several moments of this, you know, which is entirely silent in the episode, Nero leans over to Papea saying, He's all right, but he's not all that good. (laughs) Tavius sneezes. And, you know, the doctor pauses, pretending to play for a moment, and somebody starts to clap, but they quickly stop clapping as the doctor plays one more final flourish, and then the whole crowd bursts out into applause, and Nero storms out of the room. Mm. Vicky's like, And the doctor says, It's the old fairy story, child. The emperor's new clothes. Yes, I gave it as an idea to Hans Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I feel like it's been a little while since we've had had that sort of moment, so I I was glad to hear that. Yes. Hans Anderson always said I uh, was a good liar. (laughs) Uh, All right. That one we're going to leave in. Yes. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. In the other room, Nero is pissed. No one gets applause like that except me. I'll teach him a lesson. It's a wonderful idea. (laughs) I'd be surprising. I have a creative mind. I'll put it into operation at once. Guards! It's a wonderful idea. It's the same idea I've had for every one of these situations. I'm going to have him killed. (laughs) (laughs) So he heads into the chambers to grab a few things, and he sees Barbara there. First, he tells her to tell Papea that he went to the gladiatorial school, but then he decides to take Barbara with him instead. And since she's never seen a gladiator fight before, and Emperor Nero wants to see someone get hurt, he'll arrange for a fight while they're there. I wonder who that's going to (laughs) be. Over in the cells... Ian and Delos are being given a helmet. Uh, I do want to clarify here that this is not a helmet per person. It's just a helmet. (laughs) Uh, I would say fight amongst yourselves to see who's going to get the (laughs) helmet, but something tells me you two will be fighting amongst yourselves soon enough. Uh Uh-huh. They're told that this is because Nero wants them to fight each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we're moving on from fighting lions to fighting each other now. Ian wonders what happens if they refuse to fight. And the helmet giver says, He'll have you killed. This way, at least, one of you has a chance. A good one now sometimes earns his freedom. Mm. The helmet giver leaves. 
and Delos equips the helmet. He tells Ian that he's going to do the fight. And Delos is like, uh, no offense, but <laughs> it's better than dying. Yeah, Ian's like, really, dude? And Delos says, You're my friend. Remember that. But as he says, at least this way, one of us has a chance. Ian's like, By killing the other. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those classic conundrums there. Yeah. Delos promises Ian that if he wins, he'll make it quick for Ian. And they shake hands. Mm. Nero and Barbara are sitting together in the private fight arena. And... While preparations for the fight are being made, Nero tells Sevcheria that the real reason for his visit to the gladiatorial school is to arrange for an appearance of Maximus Petulian in the arena. Mm-hmm. is like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. I'm sure the crowd would dig like hearing some music during the fights and shit. <laughs> uh... Not quite what he meant there, uh-huh. buddy. Yeah, Nero's like... Yes, they'll appreciate it even more when you set the lions on him in the middle of his wretched performance. Uh-huh. He starts telling Sefcheria all about how humiliated he was when Petulian received as much applause as Nero normally does. So, clearly he needs to be killed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still not quite sure what the doctor was thinking there. I mean, he could have just played badly, and I think Nero would have loved it. Yeah, it seems like that probably would have been a much better plan. Yeah, I kind of thought the doctor had picked up on that, but maybe when you're the doctor, you just can't help but be clever sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, the doctor, similar to Nero, really doesn't like other people being better than him at anything. So... Uh, yeah, I think uh, a plan that specifically involves him not being good at something, he's just not going to fly with it. <laughs> yep. So about this time, the fight preparations are finished, and Ian and Delos both enter the arena. Delos has a shield, and Ian has a net, and they both have a sword. Uh, In this case, they each have a sword. It's not one sword shared between the two of them. Uh, I'm not sure if you did that on purpose, but I quite enjoy it. (laughs) Barbara gasps and calls out when she sees Ian. But Emperor's like, well, roll initiative. And they start fighting. And the words appear on the screen next time. Not quite yet. Not quite. Yeah, we get a little bit of fight first. Uh During this fight, at one point, Ian manages to disarm Delos, and Nero gets upset that Ian didn't just straight up kill him right then. But the fight continues, Delos manages to re-equip his sword, and they keep fighting until Delos knocks Ian down to the ground and then lightly places his sword on the back of Ian's neck. Yikes. Nero shouts, Cut off his head. And gives a thumbs down. And Delos raises his sword. And Barbara screams. And then the screen fades to black. And Uh, titles, (laughs) Next episode, Inferno, appear on screen. It's a, a good title. Um, also, isn't uh, isn't the gladiator with the net supposed to have a trident instead of a sword? Isn't That's that kind of what I thought. Yeah, goes? yeah. Maybe they were just out of tridents that day. <laughs> uh, well, I imagine it does take a little bit more training to use one of those. But 
it does seem like they've also at the same time kind of uh moved right past that plan to give them training and just jumped straight to the fight uh-huh it was pretty cool seeing ian use the net you know there's a lot of like kind of swinging it around and like whacking delos's shield with it uh when he disarmed Delos, if I remember right, I think that was actually with the net rather than like cool. with his own sword or anything. Cool, cool. So, yeah, I don't know if if Ian has proficiency in net-based weapons or what, but it was pretty <laughs> He's cool. Just a person of action. I think that his, you know, person of action class comes with a person of action feat that allows him to uh, just do awesome feats of action. <laughs> Yeah, so, hmm. I mean, as much as I hate in this episode um, having Nero, like, chasing Barbara around, um, I hate even more um, to quite a higher degree the scene where the doctor walks in on it, seems to understand at least what Nero is trying to do, and then, like, you know, backs off and allows it to continue, so... Yeah, that definitely yeah. gave me a pretty bad feeling to see that scene. It was, you know, very much in, you know, the realm of, you know, like I said earlier in the episode, you know, yeah. the, you know, the sort of old man's club of your dirty old man and you see another dirty old man doing dirty old man shit and you look the other way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yep. that is that was not cool to see. I'm gonna have to headcanon that this one didn't happen, um, <laughs> and then it was just the the sixties, uh, bad sixties writing, um, kind of intruding on whatever had actually happened in the real historical mm-hmm. record of of Doctor Who and the world that it exists in, because. Yeah, otherwise I just don't know how I can go on liking the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to come up with a, a headcanon for why Papea wants Barbara killed. And yeah. Maybe she's just like too good at cleaning up wine glasses and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I guess I guess we can sort of leave in Nero being gross as, as gross as it is because we don't we don't need to like Nero but that's true the doctor being real shitty that's that's troubling yeah yeah uh, I think we might just have to head canon that he just never was not involved in that scene at all yeah otherwise well, yeah um, I, I like I like Ian being a gladiator Gladiators are cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact where they where they too were all enslaved people is that part's less cool. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we're we're dealing with some stuff here. Yeah, I am enjoying the Delian ship though. <laughs> That's a good one. When the two characters that you ship are forced to fight and possibly kill each other that's that's some pretty good ship material right there yeah definitely high drums yes yes indeed all right well um should we uh wrap this one up there or is there any other stuff that you wanted to cover uh i think that is it for me all righty well Listeners, we'll see you in two weeks. Find out what is going to burn in the Inferno. Uh-huh. I, I suspect, historically, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we know who's going to be fiddling during the uh, the burning. Indeed. Is that the, the term for playing the liar, fiddling? I think that the, the expression that people tend to use is <laughs> Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Whether yeah. he was playing the liar or not, I don't know. It does sound better than Nero liared while Rome burned. <laughs> Indeed. All right, listeners, grab your 
stringed musical instruments and uh, we'll see you in two weeks <laughs> bye. bye hi Benny here the doctor's watcher would like to thank circuit 23 for the awesome theme song he created for us you can find his music including our theme at soundcloud.com slash circuit 23 and you can reach him at circuit.23 that's circuit.23 at gmail.com thanks to kyle for talking to me about doctor who and thanks to all of you for listening to me listening to kyle talk about doctor who we'd love to hear from you you can reach us at the doctor's watcher at gmail.com or on twitter at doctor watcher if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a five-star review on itunes or wherever you review your podcasts join us next time on the doctor's watcher had a busy day, Vicky. Hmm? Yes, it was. Oh, something else I forgot to tell you. I think I've poisoned Nero. Really? What? Well, I, I didn't actually do it, but his wife was going to murder some poor slave or other, and I didn't see why that should happen, so I thought, who did you... For heaven's sake, child, keep quiet. What did you do? Well, I, I swapped the drinks around. And I told you not to interfere with history. <laughs> <laughs>